Hey, Faith Promise. Great to see you. As we begin this series called The Walking Dead, you know what? If buying things was more like on the screen, it'd be easier to make wise choices, wouldn't it? But it's not. When we think about what we're going to buy or getting in debt, when we think about how we use our money, there is so much emotion that is involved with this topic that it is off the chart. And so we're going to deal with that. We Really, we're praying that God sets thousands of people free in this month to walk in financial freedom. Before we dive in, this weekend was supposed to be our, our fusion weekend, and it was going to rock, and you know we had to postpone it because of the blizzard of 2015. Usually that's a joke, but it really was for us. And, uh, but it, we're, they have gridlocked our internet campus this weekend. Chat rooms have been full, people have been stuck, so it's really been cool. But, so we, we moved Fusion two weeks forward. We advanced it two weeks, and I want to challenge you. If you couldn't go or your student didn't sign up, it's a chance for Fusion not to be what it was, but to even be greater. A greater move, a thousand students. And so, man, we're just believing God that God's going to bring revival in our next generation. Y'all, can y'all agree with that? <clears throat> now, while we're thinking students, students, this is, all, this is sort of a topic that you don't think that is for you, but I want to challenge our students to take notes, to sit up on the edge of your seat, our young adults, everybody, but especially our students, because we're going to deal with one of the greatest strongholds the devil uses in our modern-day culture. It has captured so many saints, it is unbelievable. Now, for those of you that are sort of freaking out about the walking dead, you do know there's no such thing as zombies, right? Y'all do know that. I've gotten emails, people are freaking out, voodoo, and all that kind of stuff. Listen, there's no such thing as a zombie, but there is a real deal of financial stronghold that hell puts on us. There is a real deal of, of mistakes that we made and that set us back years or put us in bondage, ruin our family. It is such a key issue. And so, man, the financial strongholds are just real. Now, do we still believe this Bible? Right? Do we still believe the Bible? Come on, somebody. And so one of our values is God gets the last word. And so in this series, we are going for the jugular on the, with the devil. We are going after the devil because money is one of the greatest tools that the devil uses. It has been throughout the centuries, but in the American culture, it has reached a new apex. So what we're going to do in this series, man, don't miss a message. Please don't. We're going to get very biblical and very practical. And I want to tell you something. I want you to, if you're listening, say I am. We want more for you than we want from you. And so when people say, hey, you know what, man, the church just wants my money. Let me tell you what psychologists and psychiatrists call that. They call that projection. You know what projecting is? It's when you take your feelings and you project them onto someone else. So when someone says, all the church wants is my money, what they're saying is, I'm stingy. I don't ever want to give. I want everything I can have for me, myself. I don't care about poor people. I don't care about marginalized. I don't care about the church. I don't care about the kingdom of God. I don't care about that. So when someone says, all the church wants is my money, what they're saying is, I don't want to give anybody jack. I want it all for myself. Is that fair? Is that fair? Come on, let's just say, hey, we're on real. We're on real. 
It's the deal. We want more for you than we... Listen, at the end of this series, God is going to set so many people free, put people on a plan. You're going to get out of debt. You're going to get the pressure off you. God's going to bless you financially, and you're going to be able to do things you never dreamed that you could do when you get in line with the Word of God. Because so what we're going to do is we're going to set a biblical foundation for money management. Now, how many believers this weekend? How many, how many of you say, I'm a Christ follower? How many of them? See All right. So now let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Shouldn't your view of money come straight from the Scriptures? Amen. I want to be a billionaire so, so bad. Buy all of the things I never had. I want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine Smiling next to Oprah and the Queen Oh, every time I close my eyes I see my name in shining lights Yeah, a different city every night
guess we all want what we ain't got. Yeah, we all want what we ain't got. <laughs> Uh, let me tell you what you just saw, because I'm, I'm not sure exactly what we just watched. What you saw is snaps, are, were snapshots of our culture, from country and western to classic rock to contemporary. Our culture, you can boil it down to two words. Are you ready? I won't. I want more, faster, bigger, better. I want more horsepower, more square feet, more bling, more ching. Man, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Is that right? And see, so we're living in a world that is full of money. It's full of talk about money. It's full of desire for money. And because we are consumed with this culture, that desire has infiltrated the church and the hearts of the people of God. Now, this Bible is full of teaching about your money. It's full. Making it, giving it, investing it, how to spend it. How, all, I mean, it is full. Now, could we all use a little more money? Twelve of you. Everybody else good? Because if you're good, man, we're slick. We can move on to the whole next series. I could use a little more. Matter of fact, one of my prayers last year and this year has been that Michelle and I could give $100,000 away. That's, that's been our goal. He said, well, I don't even, man, how could you do that? Well, I just believe God's big. And I don't believe I can, we can outgive God, so it's just something that we do. See, we could all use a little more of it. We've all spent money, haven't we? We've all done stupid things with money, too, haven't we? Come on. Now, I want to give you, listen, zero guilt. Now, God doesn't use guilt, but I do some. So this series... <laughs> This series is going to be guilt-free. And let me tell you why. Because money is emotionally packed. From our youngest age, we started wanting it. Didn't we? Remember, I mean, the earliest we wanted it, we, wanted, we had piggy banks, we had all this kind of stuff. So no guilt. Our theme for the next four weeks is Proverbs 22, 7. The rich, what? Rules over the poor. And the borrower becomes the lender's, means to be in servitude or bondage. This is, this is the deal. Now, Spirit of God, we invite you in a supernatural way to bring about powerful revelation. We are in this culture. We are sometimes consumed with this culture. We are more impacted by the world than we are by the Word. So, God, we need a supernatural Holy Ghost revelation in every heart, every home, every family, about where we are on this issue of finances. That, God, that we would reflect your heart, that we would not be consumed with this culture. And so, God, would you open our eyes? If we're in bondage, if we're in chains that don't know it, God, would you show us that we can be set free to walk in ultimate freedom financially, spiritually, emotionally, in every way. Jesus, you came to set the captives free, you came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly, and you came to direct our steps. So, Spirit of God, would you speak supernaturally in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. somebody give our God some praise in the house. 
<clears throat> now, this bondage and servitude, which thousands of us are experiencing today financially, thousands of us, it was developed deplo and deployed by the devil. See, the Bible says that the devil is the little G-O-D of this world. The Bible says that the devil is the prince and the power of the air. The, Bi the Bible says that Satan is in control of our culture. And so Satan has set the, our culture up in opposition to God. And as we walk through this world, we're in, a, we're in a war zone. We're not at home, and we have to recognize that. We're warned in Romans 12, too. says this, and do not be what? To be pressed into a pattern or a mold of what? Hey, don't be conformed to this world, the pattern of this world. Don't be like those in the world who are, who are spiritually dead and who are sold into bondage. But be what? Metamorphosized, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so what we want to do in this series is that God would renew our mind and open our hearts that we would get it. Does that make sense? that we would not fall prey to the pattern. Now, what we've all said is, uh, we've all said something like this. Well, I would love to blank, but I can't afford it. Hadn't we? I would love a bigger house, but I can't afford it. I would love to go on a mission trip to Sal Ubenza, but I can't afford it. I would love to do more for the poor, but I can't afford it. I would love to help my kids out with their college, but I can't afford it. I would love to give to my grandkids, but I can't afford it. I would love to take some time off, but I can't afford it. I hate my job and wish I could find another, but I can't replace my income, and so I am stuck. Bondage and servitude. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Come on, let's zero in. The average American family spends 136% of its income every year. Now, that's what the government does. But the government gets to print money. So when we spend 136% of our income, we're going deeper into what? And the borrower becomes the lender's what? Slave. Absolutely. But we have this insatiable desire to acquire, don't we? Come on. We all experience it, every one of us, because we are in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. A boat in the water is good, but water in the boat's bad. And so we are in this world, but we are not to be of this world. We are not to be conformed, pressing the mold of the pattern of this world. The average credit card debt today is $14,517. Next weekend, we're going to help you get a plan to get out of debt. You don't want to miss it. The average 21-year-old in America owes $21,000. How can you be 21 years old and owe $21,000? The average 27-year-old in America owes $78,000. That's where we are. That's our culture. And we're, again, Romans 12, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. It's like going to college. If you go to college, it is assumed you will go into debt. Go to Pellissippi State, go to Rome State, go to UT. When you walk in the office and sign up, they immediately give you financial aid papers. I'm not talking about scholarship. I'm not talking about free money. I'm talking about debt. Are you with me? They assume if you go to college, you're going to get into debt. It's just assumed. They, they don't even give you an option. They tell you things like, kids that go here, you can't work and go to school. It's too hard. 
So borrow this money so that you can sit in your dorm room and drink tequila and smoke dope all day. <laughs> How does he know? <clears throat> oh, he knows. Are you with me? You say, Pastor, you don't understand. My two boys went to Pellissippi, paid their way. Said, Dad, will you help us know it's cheap enough you can work? They transferred from Pellissippi. Michael went transferred to UT, said, Dad, it's twice. Would you help something? Yeah, I'll help something. Graduated debt-free. Nobody ever graduated from college debt-free and regretted it. But everybody that I know that went to college and graduated with a ton of debt regretted it. Regretted it. Some people, I'm $100,000. They make $30,000 a year. They'll never pay it off. They'll leave that debt through the kids in their will. See, it's assumed, right? Are y'all with me? Does this make sense? The number one problem in the family in America today is finances. Every divorce, almost every divorce, when they sit down with a judge, number one at the top of the sheet, money. Money's our problem. 55% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. So if you have a flat tire transmission problem, what do you do? Cha-ching, you run the card. If your kids got to have braces, what do you do? Cha-ching, you run the card. If you have problems, what do you do? Cha-ching, you run the card. And they sing, you know, 136% of your annual income got spent. Boom, debt. Boom, deeper. Boom, deeper. Bondage city. Does this make sense? And see, let me tell you how the Bible br brings it back around. Money is one of the greatest measurements. It's a visible, visible measurement of your heart the condition of your heart. See, we say, how can you measure spirituality? Well, it's very difficult to measure somebody's quiet time or their, how deep their faith is or their walk with God. But let me tell you, an easy measurement is what do you do with your money? It's easy. Does that make sense? Oh, you didn't like that part, did you? Man, I ought to burrow in there like a tick on a hound dog. Because this is what you need. Listen, it's not my goal to make you happy. It's my goal to make you holy. It's not my goal to, to walk in here and feed you pablum. It's my, it's my goal, my mandate from God to give you the Word of God so that you're going to obey the Word of God and you can walk freely and anointed and you can serve our God. You can walk with favor and anointing, not like the world walks. You say, but why do we have to talk about money? I'm so glad you asked. Because two-thirds of the parables that Jesus taught was, were about your money and your stuff. One out of every 10 verses in the gospel, your money or your stuff. There are five times more verses on money in the gospels than prayer. More than heaven. More than faith. Money is the number one thing you find in there. Why? Matthew 6, 21. Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, where your treasure is, there your what? Heart will be also. Where your treasure, your vault, your storage, that thing that is most important to you, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I'm going to give you two temptations, and I will write these down, man. Get some lipstick, mascara, pen, pencil, something. Prick your finger in blood and write these down. Matter of fact, if you want to keep your Bible open or clicked open, all of you e-Bible people, just click it open. And, and stay in Matthew chapter 6. So I'm going to give you two temptations we face. If you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. Number one, we are tempted to serve money. Every culture is, but there's never been a culture like our culture. Would you all agree with that? Because we're the richest culture on the face of the planet. 
the, the highest standard of living that has ever been experienced on the planet. And what do we all say? Well, if I had more, I'd be happy. Because that's what the culture lies to you. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Money, 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 money. Money. If I had some more, I'd be happy. Talk to rich people. Talk to them. See, we're tempted to serve money. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, how many? Some people. Part of the people. Half the people. No one can serve to what? For he will either hate the one and love the other or... He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You got to pick, gang. He said you'll hate one and love one, despise one and serve one. What he said, you cannot serve God in what? You cannot serve God in money. You cannot serve them. They cannot be equal. There is only one Lord. It's impossible to serve two lords. You got to pick one Lord. One Lord. And so we are forced to make a choice, but this is what most of us do. We don't make a choice, and so we languish. We languish in debt. We languish in desire. We languish in wanting more, having more, needing more. Why? Because we haven't chosen a Lord. It's either going to be money or it's going to be Jesus. You say, well, everybody says Jesus. The rich young ruler didn't. He said, go sell all you have and come and follow me. And he said, I don't think so. I've got too much. I'll keep my stuff. So there are people that do make that choice. See, we want, and then we get, and when we get, we want what? More. We've not learned the secret of being content. I haven't either. So listen, this is not, I'm not the doctor, you know, preaching to the sick. I'm a sick person, and we, the doctor is Jesus. And so what happens is we begin to have some success. We begin to make more money. We begin to climb the ladder. We begin to have more. And when you have more, you what? And want, then you want more. And before long, we're intoxicated with our desire to acquire. Would y'all, does that make sense? And listen, do drunk people make good choices? But we're intoxicated with wanting more, and so we make bad choices. Well, I need, a, I need a newer car. I needed this. I need, I want, I want, I want, I want. See, we need to decide, first off, what are wants and what are needs. A hundred more horsepower is not a need. Wait, let me back up on that. (laughs) It's a want. And if you have the money and you're not going in debt, add 100 horsepower. If you're stewarding your wealth, listen, if you've got it and you want to spend it and you're you're stewarding it well, you can spend. But we desire, we hoard, we we keep. and, And you know what happens? Because we want more money, we refuse to give to God. 80% 80% of the people who attend here don't tithe. See, how do you know that? Because I know the average household income in Knox County. And so we just say, if, you, if we just look, pack, chuck all the numbers together and, and say, how many people give above this level? You say, well, there are people that tithe that don't make as much. That's right. But there are people that make more and don't give 10% either on the other side. Does that make sense? So you got people on the top and the bottom. So about 80% of the people don't tithe. Now, do we believe the Bible? Does the Bible teach tithing? Do we know we should tithe? But we don't. Why? It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. Listen, if I made more, I'd give more. No, you wouldn't. The average poor person in America gives 4.8% to charity. The average wealthy person that makes over $200,000 a year gives 2.8%. The more you have, the more you keep. That's the average across the board. 
Because, see, money lies to you, makes false promises to you. You'll be happy. You'll do this. Let me just randomly give you some verses. Job 36, 19 says this. Your riches, will your riches keep you from distress or, or all the forces of your strength? Listen, is that what's going to save you? No. Do not trust in oppression and do not vainly hope in robbery if riches increase. And we all want them to, don't we? Don't lie to me. If I'm handing out $1,000 bills, are you getting in line? Yeah, you are. Come on. No, I think I'll go to lunch. (laughs) If riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. If God blesses you, don't set your heart on money. Set your heart on God. You can only have one master. And if God blesses you, praise the Lord. Be faithful with it. Proverbs 11.4 says this, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. 1 Timothy 6.17, Instruct those who are, which is the bulk of us on the world scale, who instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of what? The Bible says riches will make itself wings and it will fly away. Jesus, listen to what Jesus says. If you're listening, say, I am. I am. This is why I didn't want anybody to miss this message. Jesus said that money will choke out the word of God. On the parable of four soils, he said the desire for money, the deceit of riches, will choke out the word of God, and it will be unfruitful in your life. That's why we need revelation of where money is in your heart. Because it's always a hard issue. It's not a more money issue for most of us. Because I could go to most of the homes in, this, in the, our church and find ways you could cut tons of money out. Cut the cable. Cut the cigarettes. Cut the Starbucks. We could go on all day, couldn't we? But I need, no, you don't need an $8 cup of coffee. That's a won't. And if you have $8 and you're in good shape, go ahead and buy it. Buy me one. See, gee, again, riches will choke out the Bible in your heart. Do you want the word choked out? So we've got to be open to the Spirit of God to teach us. Many of us neglect our family working 60, 70, 80 hours, hours a week in the pretense that we love our families. Well, I love my family, Pastor. I'm working three jobs so that we can have 10,000 more square feet and we can have another car and we can have a vacation home. Your five-year-old doesn't care about a vacation home. Your five-year-old only cares that daddy doesn't come home anymore. That's what your five-year-old cares about. And you know what? When they're five, you need to be home because they're going to be gone before you know it. And then when they're gone, when they, when they graduate high school and they leave, you need to work all the hours you want to as long as you, you and your spouse are spending time together. See, we're all tempted to bow our knee and serve money. Is that right? Money's not evil. Money's not evil. It's serving money that's evil. Number two, can you handle one more? If you can do it, so I can handle it. Number two, we are tempted to love money. Now, I don't love money. I just love what it buys. 1 Timothy 6.10, you know this verse. For the love of money, money is amoral. Money, listen, you could be a billionaire and not, listen, it's it's not about wealth. It's, not about, it's about your heart. For the love of money, the roots of all sorts of evil. Listen, and some by what? Do we have some people this weekend that are longing for more money? 
See, some by longing for more money have wandered away from the what? And have pierced themselves with many what? This is so important. This is so much bigger than how much money you give. And listen, at the end of the day, I don't even care how much you give. What I care about is there are families by the thousands that faith promise that live in bondage to money. They serve money and they love money. And it takes Jesus off the throne and puts him somewhere down to a substandard level in our hearts. Does that make sense? See, I didn't hear to y'all because I'm about to die. <laughs> about to get serious. I only get to preach once this weekend, so baby, we're unloading both barrels. Come on. Now, let me help you. This is not a rich issue. You say, well, I don't have any money. He's not talking to me. Oh, he is talking to you. See, because you know what? The lust, the poor lust and crave and desire more money. Is that right? If, if that wasn't the case, I could go pay for my gas and not have to wait behind 12 people buying lottery tickets. I just hate that. I hate that. That's why I never go in the gas station. I pay at the pump. Because I want to tap on the show to say, how much do you make an hour? $8? Are you an idiot? Because you're about to blow two hours of 40 on a ticket that you're, I mean, no chance you're going to win. But see, the poor crave for more. That's why they put the People magazine at the counter everywhere you shop. Why? Because we want to read about people who have money. We don't know what kind of car they drive. We don't know what kind of house they live in. We want to know everything. Who cares? Listen, who cares what a movie star thinks? Who cares? Come on. Man. And not everyone that's rich loves money. Matter of fact, we have tons of rich people here. We've got some business people. Listen who are working right now business deals, and their goal is to pay the entire debtedness of faith promise off. You, hey, you think I pray for those guys? Every day. And you know what? I pray for you every day. I pray God will bless you financially every day. I really do. I pray every day that God will give you everything you need and really bulk up everything that you want. It's not a rich issue. Because we have rich people who come here that steward their money well. Let me tell you, the more money you have, the greater your responsibility. My greatest fear on this planet, my number one fear, absolute nothing close, is of God. And that I'll stand before the bema seat, which we all will, of judgment. And the flaming eyes of Jesus will, will put into a furnace everything I've ever done for God, and it will melt down, and we'll see what's left. But I'm the most blessed person that I've ever met. And I hope you feel that way, but I, I don't know anybody that's come from as low as I was to where I am today. I don't know as, as poor as I was to as much where we are today financially in every way. I don't know anybody that's blessed. But when you flip that card over, it says, to whom much is given, much is required. And I will stand greatly accountable for God for 10,000 people that come here every month and millions of dollars that we have at five campuses. At six this morning, I was on the phone with Josh Whitehead agonizing over what campuses we closed this weekend. Agonizing over it. Listen, it used to be hard to decide to close one. Now we got five. So some are worse than others. We open some, we close some. And I look at all those things. That's why I ask you to pray for me because I want to steward well what God has given me to steward. And the rich are warned over and over in this Bible. Well, pastor, if I was rich, I'd give more. No, you wouldn't. Listen, 
If you're not giving now, you wouldn't give if you had more. You know why? Because you'd raise your standard of living. You drive a hoopty, right? A clunker. You drive a, a hunk of junk. But if you got a raise, you can afford a car note. And as much money as you're paying on, on fixing that hoopty, you'll need a new car, right? So you're going to get a new car. Can't give. Then you get another raise. Hey, we need to move because Mamaw's moving in with us, so we got a bigger house. Well, I can't give. And then, well, the kids are getting older. Man, we got to put them in school. We got to pay this. We got to pay that. Love to give. We just love enough to give. Giving is not a matter of how much money you have, giving is a matter of your heart. And listen, 80% of us just saying, forget it, God, I'm not doing it. I don't believe it, can't trust you. I don't think you'll come through. That's the deal. Let me tell you what money is money is a magnifier of what's in your heart. Ecclesiastes verse, chapter 5, verse 10 says, He who loves what? Will not be what? If you love money, it'll never be enough. You'll never be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with its income. That too is vanity. See, it's, what, what, what we need, listen, is to wake up as, as individuals, our groups, and every campus, every heart, to the influence that money has on us. Because you know what a DUI is? Driving under the what? Many of us are LUI. We're living under the influence. Not of drugs and alcohol, but of money. It has the greatest influence on us other than anything else. We have spending issues. We have debt issues. We have lifestyle bondage. If I could live it all over again, I would not have raised my standard of living as I made more money. But... You know, just a mistake. Why? Because it's a heart issue. At the core, it's a heart issue. I'll be happier if I have more. Listen, we lived in a, we lived in a single wide trailer, me and Michelle and three kids. Faith, Mike, and Zach lived in one room. Michelle and I stayed in the living room, and we used that last little the one, the one other bedroom as a closet. And we were happy as clams. Having a bigger house won't make you happier. Matter of fact, it's more to clean. You, think, you don't think? Come help me clean my house. I mean, it, ju- it just is. Having more is more responsibility. So you cannot serve two masters. Our hope is not in this world. Amen? And what we need is not more money. We need some more Jesus, some more anointing, some more favor, some more power, some more contentment, some more walk, some more glory. We need some heavenly wisdom to steward well what we have. Listen, listen. If you're listening to Sam, why would God give you more when you don't steward well what he's already given you? Why would God give you more money when you don't tithe? You're already stealing from him. Right? Right? But I want God to bless me. Can, can, I, can I tell you, when my kids were little, there were many times that they tied my hands. They wanted something, but I couldn't give it to them because of the way they were acting. Y'all, parents, you know what I'm talking about? Now, I had to tie their mother up and put her in the closet because I could never give her children enough. Dads, y'all know what I'm talking about here? Come on, somebody help me, Bubba. You're not going, you cowardly weasel. <laughs> you want to have a good lunch. You're just sitting there, not me, Pastor. The crow was spine. So here's the deal. So I couldn't give to the kids. Why? Because of how they were behaving. Many of us are being unfaithful to God and we're saying, God, why don't I have more? Why don't I have more? How come everything I have gets, t- gets taken away? Why don't I have more? Because the devourer is unleashed upon you because you're not faithful financially. Do we believe the Bible? Yes. Only parts of it. Let me see. Are you tired of being a slave to money? 
Are you tired of not being able to pick up the phone because it's a bill collector? Are you tired of when you run your card, you're holding your breath, wondering if it'll go through or not? How does he know? (laughs) Because you don't know how many times I paid with my card. They go, oh, dear Jesus, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. And you ever just watch the machine to see if it's accepted or declined? (laughs) Come on. You're looking at it. Oh, yes, accepted. Come on, in Jesus' name, accepted. Come on, let it be accepted. Come on, come on. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, that's a slave to money. Listen, listen, this is what, as your pastor, I want you to have money in the bank. I want you to have money in retirement. The Bible says invest your money seven ways. I want you to be so blessed that you don't have a need financially. And you love God first, and you give, and you serve, and you go on missions. And you and your wife, if you're married, never fight about money. Why? Because money's not an issue because you have plenty. We serve the God of an abundance, but if you are tying God's hands, why would God bless you when you won't obey the Scriptures? Lord, did you hear any amen right there? No, that's okay. That's okay. You can't listen. This is the deal. You can't serve two masters. We serve God, and money serves us. We serve who? And money serves who? We serve who? And money serves who? See, our money serves us. I want money to be a slave. I want to give it. I want to be able to go on more mission trips. I want to be able to give more money. I do. I want to fund the kingdom of God. Michelle and I, first 15 years, we were so poor we couldn't pay attention. Making $16,000 a year as a senior pastor of a church, planted three kids who wanted to eat multiple times daily. And we were given 20%. See, if you don't have enough, what does 10% mean? So we just started double tithing. Last year, we gave over 25%. Because we wanted to start when we didn't have anything, so when we had stuff, it wouldn't be hard to learn to give then. Are you with me? And so it's just Romans 13, 8 says this. Oh, nothing to anyone except to what? Love. You want to be, anybody, who wants to be blessed? Who wants to be blessed? Get biblical. Blessed, biblical. Blessed, biblical. Amen? And so, man, let's quit serving money. If you're ready to quit serving money, if you want to serve God and let money serve you, would you just lift up your hand? You're ready to get debt free. You're ready to get freed up. Holy Spirit of God, would you fall on every hand that's raised? God, we're going to obey you. We're going to walk with you. We're going to believe you to give us a plan to get out of debt. We're going to get serious. We're going to get business, God. And so, Father, I pray your favor would fall. Give us clear revelation that we serve God while money serves us. Money serves us while we we serve you, God. Money is nothing but dirty green paper. And so whether we're poor or rich, cold or hungry, we have learned the secret. Of, we have found all of our contentment in Jesus. So God, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your glory. Give us direction and protection. In Jesus' name we pray it. And all God's people said, Woo! Come on. Now in about a month, we're going to be starting some financial classes. Now, listen, if I have a, when I realize in my life I have a weakness, and I have plenty, I buy every book, I go to conferences, I get on podcasts, and I'll try to learn. And so if you're struggling financially, take your communication card, say sign me up for the financial classes or go online and sign up. Amen? Sign up. Let us help you. Listen, man, we, we, I, this is about you and freedom. At the end of the day, though, can I tell you something? 
You owed a debt you couldn't pay. And Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe. Because we can never redeem ourselves from our sin, could we? And Jesus said, I'll pick that tab up. I got that. Because we said, we can't pay that. What are we going to do? And Jesus said, I got that covered. I'll pay for that with my blood on the cross. Wow. And some of you have never given your heart to Jesus. You've never surrendered your life. Man, you, but you are ready to quit walking according to this world, and you're ready to start walking according to faith and the love and the acceptance and the glory and the grace of God. If you're ready to, man, if you're ready to surrender up your heart and give it all to Jesus with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray this prayer with you aloud. The rest of us who have already bowed our knee are going to pray with you because nobody prays alone. Dear Jesus, I know I've blown it, and I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, master, boss, ruler. You will be above money. I will serve you while money serves me. Help me walk by faith in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. All right. Now, if you opened your heart to Jesus, if you'll take the communication card, fill that out or go to our next steps area. Man, we'd love to help you in that. Uh, and every seat, Joshua, these on the seats. Where are you at, Joshua? All right, these are in the seats because our schedules have changed. And so uh, these are the new schedules. Next weekend at, at Pellissippi, we go to three services. Amen. Come on, somebody. Somebody. Last weekend, a ton of you guys signed up to serve, and you haven't been called. We know that because nobody can get up the hill <laughs> until Thursday. And so we know that. We'll be in contact with you. Some of you said, I should have signed up. Put on your communication card. I love to serve as we go to a third service. But you, these are on the table. You can grab them. You can give them out. Man, we are adding services because God's favor is on us. Sign up for the financial classes. I'm going to hit it every week. Because as your pastor, listen, look up here. Forget your cousin. Listen, as your pastor, I want you to be financially free. And in Jesus' name, I believe God will do it. God's done it for us. He'll do it for you if you'll get biblical. Amen. Be blessed. Pastor's down here. We'll see you guys next weekend.